is the Department of Promethean Science, stealing fire from the gods to make a better life for you and me. This is Saturday, December 10th, 2011. Welcome back, and first off, uh, thanks to everybody out there that has been so nice as to give me any amount of feedback on this. There have been a lot of you, and I really appreciate it. I'd like to feel like there was something of value here um, that benefited someone other than just myself, and certainly you all have made me feel that way. Um, from some really, really uh, overly nice um, feedback that I think has been just really generous to the uh, vaguely positive uh, and just generally acknowledging. I, I really appreciate it all. I've had some really good conversations with folks and some really quick passing comments with folks, all of which just made me feel like that there was a, the place for this thing that I feel like there might be. Um, thanks to uh, Farrell and George and Lindsay and Kyle uh, and Scott and Dan White. Uh, you've been awesome. Um, Arnie, thanks for the, the comment and passing. Uh, you're a podcast rock and roll star, so it's nice to have that kind of feedback. Forsyth, really appreciated the conversation. Um, big thanks to both Dan White and John Langan for sort of reposting the fact that the podcast existed. I know that both of you guys have uh, access to huge audiences, and uh, if we, if I manage to get one person to sort of tune in weekly from each of you guys, um, then we can sort of keep generating the community and uh, keep building the discussion, which I think is really great. Um, Kellen and Nate, I saw that both of you guys lodged suggestions. That is really great. Uh, I've got a couple more podcasts banked where I had suggestions from other sources, but probably by the end of the month, um, you'll be hearing suggestions uh, or podcasts based on your suggestions, which uh, will be great. I'm really excited about sort of making this thing live and interactive. And all those folks, uh, you know, I hope to keep releasing one of these a week. So I think probably all of you guys will be guests at some point or another as long as we can work it out. So that's pretty exciting. Let's keep this thing as insular and myopic as possible. Improvisation. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, oh, uh, for my recommendation this week, uh, I'm going to recommend David Hine and Shaky Kane's uh, graphic novel, a series of comics, Bulletproof Coffin. Um, my favorite thing in comics from last year. There's a trade paperback of it. Seek it out uh, if you can. It's just a really sort of mind-bending, vaguely perverse uh, sort of meta fun trip on comics that has a real sort of like creepy nasty pervy edge to it while also sort of blowing the walls out uh, just really great um even if you're not a comic book person but especially if you are i'd say check it out um it's uh it's it's a worthwhile little trip and they're about to start releasing um sort of a, a sequel to it it looks like that i am really excited about my number one uh, most excited thing for the year of 2012 upcoming Hopefully I will survive the whole thing. Um, this week we have John Anderson on the uh, podcast, which is uh, pretty exciting for me. Uh, John and I have been pretty heavily intertwined the entire time that uh, he and has been in Chicago, and most of the time I've been in Chicago. Uh, he's a great guy. I play with him on Boyish uh, uh, at, in the, at the playground on Wednesday nights. 
But uh, we also just had a really interesting relationship where he's kind of uh, tracked my my coaching career in Chicago uh, as someone that I've had the opportunity to work with that I've really appreciated. A real a conscientious guy that cares and is uh, really sensitive to, I think, the spirit of what we're trying to do. He was on the, the first team that I coached here in Chicago that was formally associated with a theater. Uh, I had the, the great chance to work with an independent team, Very Real Cops. But then the playground gave me the opportunity to coach an incubator team called The Riot uh, that had a, a, a ton of great people on it, most of whom are still pretty heavily involved um, in the uh, scene here in Chicago. So uh, that that just wound up being a great circumstance of fate for me. And working with John was great, a really committed guy, a real believer in team team spirit, real big heart. And then uh, following that, I, I got to work with him um, with the Harold uh, team that I coached for a few years at IO, Mrs. Dad, which was just a really great experience for me and you know, made me love the Herald more and, and made me appreciate what uh, what coaching could do for you as uh, an improviser and theoretician on the craft. So, uh, so I, I've had a long relationship with him, and it was a lot of fun to play the scene with him, which um, I think is a, is a really good scene, sort of along the lines of the same scene sort of that I had with Jill, where we kind of settled into being a couple of people and having a conversation. Um, as those people where we sort of discovered things and, and had the opportunity to kind of um, explore things from a point of view and reveal things about the type of people we were as the people that we improvised. So uh, it was a really good time for me, and so hopefully it will be a good time for you. Um, if you want to catch John play, uh, again, you can see him playing with Boyish, uh, with his independent team Boomstick, um, or at the IO Theater on the team Rick. Uh, you will probably fall in love with him. He's got kind of that uh, long-lashed uh, Texan, he could play a quarterback in a television show quality to him that is uh, sensual. He's a very sensual guy. Um you probably won't hear that in this scene, which was based on the suggestion, randomly generated, Kitty. Luke, get out of the pool. Uh, no, I'm having fun in the pool. You're pruning up like a prune. Get out of the pool. I don't have to, because you already told me you don't like to swim, so there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, oh, so you're going to just splish splash around in front of your Uncle Steve and make me feel like some kind of jackass? That's exactly what I'm doing. And I found out... You have to be related to someone for them to be your uncle. Oh, I'm good friends with your dad. That's a self-imposed title, and I don't have to do anything you say, stranger. Oh, I'm not a stranger, and you hurt my feelings by saying that I am. Now, Luke, get out of the pool. Look, and your no. dad called me your, your uncle, okay? I'm uncle because of your dad, and your dad can bestow that right. He's like British royalty. He, the, the monarchy can give anybody they want. Any title that they want. And your dad gave me your uncle, so 
Get the hell out of the pool, okay? Get the hell out of the pool. Get out of the pool. Well, that's a sweet theory, anti-uncle. The last time I checked, I was swimming in a pool in America where there are no kings, and this is a democracy, and I vote I stay in. Oh, well. So I prune to death if that's what it takes. I'm having fun. It's a republic more than a democracy. So, well, just get out. Look, I don't know what they're teaching you at school. I mean, obviously, you are a quick study and have Mm -hmm. absorbed a lot of stuff, but just. How embarrassed are you that you're going toe to toe with a 10 and a half year old? Oh, it's, you know, I don't know if it's embarrassed as much as disappointed and unsurprised. I mean, it, look, all right, just, you can paddle around for a little bit, but your Uncle Steve's going to take a seat here on the, uh, 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 on the lawn chair. And look, I don't have a lot going for me. Uh, I didn't mean to get in a no. deep conversation. Well, you could you. always just get uh, out of the pool. Oh, uh, mind games. You're using mind games. No, I'm just, 11. Look, I'm being a straight shooter. Uncle Steve's being a straight shooter with you, Luke. Okay? You know? I mean... Dad! Look, your dad's in Santa Fe with your mom. Mm. With me the whole weekend. So, you know, I could give him a good report or a bad report. I could say you decided to exercise your individuality with me and stay in the pool, and that's why you're all wrinkled up, and I'm sorry that you're sunburned and look like a little pink grape prune. No, raisin. That's what comes from grapes. (sighs) Here's the thing. I'm only going to drink after you go to bed, and I need a stiff one now. So you want me to go to sleep so you can start your drinking. Is that right? Well, um, yeah, I mean, I really, really look forward to that. But we got a few activities still planned. I'm going to cookie up some popcorn in the microwave, not on the stove, because I burned the hell out of my hand the last time I tried to use that thing your parents got. So I just brought microwave popcorn. Uh, And then we'll watch a video from the approved list. And, uh, you know, if you, hey, if things, if, if you decide to be a good little trooper here, Maybe we could have you watch a uh, your first R-rated movie. I'm willing to keep that secret with you. Your Uncle Steve's cool. Listen, Steven. R from violence, though. I've touched a boob. Okay? You've touched your mom's boob. No, I've with touched. With your mouth. I've, I've done, I have done that. Yeah. I was breastfed yeah. as a baby. Yeah, well, it's but the best for your immune system, I understand. I rubbed up on a boob on a bus. Well, that just makes you a pervert. Well, no. Yeah. If it's non-consensual, boob rubbing on a bus just makes you a pervert. And you can hide behind your age if you want. But, okay. Okay. But there's, that's... Was it, did, were you invited to rub up on that boob? I'm going to say probably not. Well, she, she didn't say anything. Uh-huh. So that's consent in my book. Well, okay. that is... No, don't, don't do that because you're... You're going to wind up becoming a sex criminal if that's the way that you look at life. A sex criminal? Yeah. I'm sorry. You're seven years old. We should not. Ten and a half. I am Are ten you and a, I am ten, ten and a half, and a half yes. years old? I'm ten and a half. <sighs> the time flies. And that tour you took me on of your apartment was the shortest, great, huh? shortest tour I've ever been on. I only saw one bed. I don't know where you're expecting me to sleep. Oh, um... I, well, well uh, here's a, okay, I got one bed, and I got a sleeping bag, and the sleeping bag would be a little small for I'm taking the Uncle bed. Steve. 
You call me a sex criminal. Let's flip for it. I said you're heading towards becoming a sex criminal. You're not a sex criminal yet, but if but if 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 saying nothing means consent to you, then you're you're on your way. I just look. If If I'm a sex criminal, you're a double sex criminal. Because you didn't stop me from putting my trunks on and getting in this pool and watching me wanting a stiff drink. Oh, it's okay. I'm your Uncle Steve. That's no. You're not my uncle. I'm not related to you. Look. I was not given a choice on this. We, you know, we're going around in circles. But ever since you were a baby, you were brought up to call me Uncle Steve. And maybe, you know, you're like in a pre-pubescent rebellion phase and you're deciding not to call me Uncle Steve. Don't assume my pubescent stage. And I won't do the same with you. Okay? I'm going to assume max level for you and you're going to assume max level for me. Well, max level for a ten and a half year old is, I mean, you're really in the borderline. I understand there's a lot of hormones in milk these days, but geez, you tell me you're not pre, you're, you know, unmodified pubescent. Do you even know what that means? I know plenty of the words you said, enough to string along what I think your meaning is. Okay. Okay? Get out of the pool. Fine, I'll get out, but you're still not an uncle to me. Well, what do you want to call me? Ah. Mr. Frapp? Frapp? That's my last name, Steve oh, Frapp. You, your life, oh, your, that name just fits your life. Okay. I'm going to get myself a drink. I'm not asleep yet. I know, but I think I've earned it. <laughs> And that's our time. <laughs> All right, cool. Let me set the. Uh, <clears throat> let me set my dog alarm, and then we can, we can talk about it. Um, uh, frap. <laughs> frap. That was a great name. To yeah, I don't know. I just like. Uh, do you know? Do you know a frap? I don't know. I knew a. Uh, that's the thing about names is that I. I feel like I, you know, I don't, I don't ever want to do like bit joke stuff, you know, yeah. I don't want to be like, and here's, and here's the comedy name, but I do feel like it's just sort of a fun detail to slide in to yeah. things, you know, if it, if it is, if it is not in itself a joke, but it is an enhancing detail that is joyful, then I feel like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I, you know... I, I do feel like I've, I haven't, you know, the, there's so many phonemes in language that mm-hmm. to just slam two things together, there probably is a person with a name like that. And if it's kind of onomatopoeic enough for like speaking to the character they had, I had, a, I had like a Professor Fulp, like flop with the O and the L reversed mm-hmm. in college, who was everything you might expect from that name, who is just like sort of like this kind of absent-minded professor mathematician type who was yeah Fulp who was like Professor Fulp was like this real like kind of like you know would wheel in and is like very highly tucked up polyester pants and like sort of short sleeve dress shirt you know (laughs) and just was kind of like obviously had a great head for math but was kind of a schlub you know, and then like my computer teacher in in uh, 
high school was Rand Irwin, and he everybody called him Lurch because he looked like Lurch and kind of talked oh, to his like face. Lurch. Yeah, like oh. there's there are high school pro, like productions of where the, every year the bit was that if you were playing Mr. Irwin, you played him as Lurch from the Adams Family. And I mean, the thing is, he was a great guy who had an awesome sense of humor and would do stuff like before holidays we wouldn't we wouldn't be we wouldn't to be doing computer programming so he would show us slideshows of his vacations with his wife <laughs> and he was he did it kind of like to be like you know i i know what your care how you characterize me but i'm an adult who has a full rich life and so i have hobbies take this you know Here's yeah my but, human woman wife that i have yeah but almost kind of like it like he subversively, like he knew that it was kind of like that there was this thing out there where they, where you know, slideshows are boring, and so he's kind of like, All right, you think I'm this guy? Here's a slideshow, but then occasionally there'd be something mixed into it where he'd be like playing, playing college basketball or something, and it'd be like, Oh, wait, this guy is a pretty rich. I loved him, I thought he was awesome because he also he kind of had fun playing this character, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I, so I think there's a, in life there's name approach. Like, I can't believe that this guy's name is this and it so fits them. So I think for that one, it was just like, what's an onomatopoeic name for, for this guy who's kind of like doing his best to watch this kid. who's transformed into a punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's Steve Frapp. Yeah. I like to use, um, Names that aren't that strange to hear in daily life, but aren't like a John, Rick, Steve, yeah. like a, like like Theo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, and I'm not trying to be funny <laughs> when I pick a name like that. I'm like, oh, I just want something I can remember. Uh, but like an audience will laugh if you name someone Theo for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just an easier way for me yeah. to be like, what did I call that person? Yeah, well, and I think, you know, I think audience response for that kind of stuff comes from uh, – a detail appreciation, you know, like the, yeah. uh, that it, it makes things more real because there's such a specific to it there. I mean, and, and I think it can cut two ways. I, I think that people can have this motivation where they do use names as jokes, but you can almost always tell when it's happening because yeah. it's being presented like a joke. Like there's a, it's dropped and then there's kind of almost like that turn mug, the turn it. Yeah. Mugging yeah, yeah, about yeah. it where it's like, Let's take this space to have you appreciate the crazy name that I just endowed somebody with, you know, and that kind of... What was my name in the scene? Luke. Luke, that's right. Yeah, Luke. which is, you know, I I didn't even think of this because I don't call him that, but that's my nephew's name. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so uh, my... Because his, his name is Lucas, but since he was a kid, because he couldn't pronounce Lucas, he called himself Gus. So, uh, so he's like, if you ask him what his name is, I mean, maybe it's changing now, but everybody in the family calls him Gus and he calls himself Gus. So I, it almost doesn't register with me the idea of his, his name being Luke okay. or Lucas, it's Gus. But now I'm like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. I think probably emotionally that was the map for me of mm-hmm. like it, what it's like to be kind of a loser uncle, you know? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I have a great time with my with my, my nephew, and I think he really appreciates me, you know, because yeah. I'm kind of a goofball. And so, oddly enough, I think probably that was 
there was a that probably informed a choice where for no reason at all I called your character Luke mm. and then as it unwound maybe subconsciously because I did that it made me it gave me the, I think initially my intention was to be your father but then when you started to sass me yeah. I jumped rails to be like okay I don't think this relationship could possibly be father son because it's so disrespectful yeah. and then I jumped rails over to being uncle but then that's such a funny like uncle yeah that 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 would have been set up for me personally yeah as that and then I, I think I played it through that lens of like okay if this is someone that should be disrespected so much accepting a, a veneer of kind of loser to dumb and yeah. and throwing up my hands over it to to operate with that. And I think that's why I became Uncle Steve is because I've been reading a lot of Bloom County lately. Oh. <laughs> and so I pictured in in my head I became sort of not the misanthrope, but kind of the lifestyle physicality of Steve Dallas from from Bloom County. Who's, <laughs> you know, yeah. bachelor cigarette hanging out of his I'm reading the part right now where aliens transversed his brain <laughs> and he's a he's a liberal with a perm, but over the course of the series as a whole. When when you uh when you said you were my uncle, uh and I wanted my kid to be smart and uh, when I dropped in like I found out you have to be related to me, <laughs> and you rolled with that, which you know could be a small monkey wrench. Like, well, I'm friends with your dad, so it, it, <laughs> the scope of it comes even better. And I love kids in uh, in scenes because they're like terrorists, where you have mm-hmm. to try to reason with them if you're a good person, because you, you know you want to hit them and drag them out. Like, yeah. you you want them to be able to affect you and kind of have like a similar status. Um, but you have to try to reason with them and their reasoning is like, no, I'm having fun. I'm staying in the pool. I think that's actually something that you particularly are really good at is that you, I think your understanding of who you are when you're that person is very clear, like kind of the emperor child, like, you know, so I think that is, that is a segment in which you play, um, well. And so I can, I can think of you playing those, those, it's a good access point for you for scenes, and so I can think of you particularly playing that because you really settle into it. You know, you know the fact that you have all the power and kids can exploit that. Yeah. But also their world is so run by adults that they they also don't realize exactly all that power. So it's fun, I think, to see you play those characters where you have the adult conception of the level of power that a child has. Right. <laughs> and... And, and play it very naturally, you know. And, and I think that helped the scene. I, I like that scene. It's nice to have a scene that I come out of where I don't know how uproariously funny it was, but I feel good about it because of kind of the relationship and how naturally it flowed, you know. Yeah. It, yeah, very uh, – it felt natural to me. I had that one moment of debate in my head where it's like, okay, do I stay in the pool because that's my thing and I shouldn't mm-hmm. betray that or do I – come out of it. I like that it ended with me coming out. Yeah, I do too. Which I think that in, yeah. is probably the best way to do that. If, if I'm ever going to come out, it's better to not come out early and then like, yeah. okay, well now we're standing yeah. by the pool. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that that the fact that you wanted to stay in the pool was like a motivation that was very true. And I, I'm just not a fan of 
game in scene when game erodes truth and naturalism, you know, because I, I think that, that if you, if you wind up adhering to a game of, you know, sort of any sort of obstinacy like that, of like, I'm trying to get you out of the pool, I'm not getting out of the pool. That's great. That's awesome. It's like a really fun thing to play as long as it's, as long as it's true. But as soon as sort of like you burn through that and yeah. then you, you're just trying to mechanically play a game, even though it is beyond the human scope of what people would actually do, then to me, I mean, I know that some people, I guess, who maybe view improvisation as kind of a, a, a slot machine for comedy are feel like, oh, well, we should, the mechanism of the game is the thing above all else. But right. for me, it's much more rewarding to have it actually be something real. Yeah, you know. And so your character can affect me too. It's not yeah, one way, yeah. one way street. And like as it's going on, it's like, oh man, this is a guy with no <laughs> real family. He owns a pool, but he doesn't know how to swim. Yeah, and he just can't wait to have a drink. Well, and I pictured it as like the apartment pool too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> it's like, and it's they, like it's not really my pool. It's just I'm allowed to use it because right. I live in the one bathroom. And I, I think uh, my character is like. Oh. This poor guy. Like, I, I had a line that I, I didn't say, but I was like, I think I'm here more for you than you're here for me. I think yeah. I set that up this way. Yeah, I kind of felt that too. Like probably the parents that are on a getaway weekend are o- almost doing it as a favor to – are probably a little bit nervous about leaving yeah. Luke with Uncle Steve. But, with but, Frap? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, he needs somebody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of like, well, let's give him a chance to prove it. Yeah. That he's an adult and can do yeah. this. He really needs to get back on his feet, you know. But I, but I think that's I think that's an important point that I don't want to gloss. I mean, we probably belabored it rather than glossing over it. But I think that fact that we were able to affect each other and like, even though you we we began this thing in this moment where you were being like kind of a little shit, mm-hmm. you know, where it was like, all right, I'm. I'm getting acting out. I'm almost an adult. I get to do what I want. You have no control over me. Being faced with sort of a reasonable party that just wants to try and kind of like allow you to have fun, but really wants your respect, but also has this task to do soften you. And I think that that happened through that communication. And I think that that's the thing that is the actual mechanism that is worthwhile, not, um, each of us going into our own sort of like cockpits and trying to manipulate a game, but actually we're trying to collaborate and communicate. And so it's reasonable to have sort of an emotional spectrum of what is happening for our characters where maybe the thing that we want is really, really driving us to do, to do something and to kind of start to brush people off. But really those, we, we do want to communicate and, and, and collab and, we want communication collaboration to exist because that is the underlying mechanism of what is happening, not to operate individually, but rather to operate together. And so to find a reason to kind of talk to each other and come together is the, right. you know, is the thing that's magnetic. I find about it. And when you, uh, 
and yeah, we we became on the same level and treat each other with respect. Like when you called me like a sex criminal, <laughs> like an adult would never say that to a kid. But right. and then I started talking about, I'm like, uh, about uh, your puberty and whatnot. And I'm going to assume you're max level. Um, it, it felt like right. uh, mentally they were about the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the th- one of the you know one of those beautiful things about improvisation is that like with our if our relationship is true there, then we can afford to be a little hyperbolic. Like I can afford to, to, I can afford to do something like that. I can afford to call a 10 and a half year old, a budding sex criminal, you know, because (laughs) it, you know, because it's sort of, it it, it is heightened. It's these heightened, heightened thing, you know, where, I mean, and I don't know, I, I, I don't think I, I would never, yeah, I would never actually say that, but thematically, it is along the line. It it is like a thematic. It is a heightening of something that may actually a tone that may actually be used in communication. Yeah. You know, like I I don't know. I was I was busting my nephew's balls for farting or something. You know, yeah. and it's sort of like that's that's a little bit outside the pale for like what you know. His his mom rightly so was like Joran, you know, yeah. <laughs> and so that there's you know I think that if you're in in that position at least with my uncles growing up they terrorized me and like sure. made yeah, yeah. you know and, and I think crafted my sense of humor and my willingness to have a sense of humor about myself. I mean, it, it speaks to that sort of kind of like real development of a relationship, mm-hmm. you know, and real develop like child development thing is like having an adult who. Um, is somewhere between a complete authority figure and someone who is socializing you. And so in that case, I mean, obviously that's way, way beyond the pale, but I think it is a, a heightening that still has some resonance in it because it's something maybe that would cross, cross your mind. I mean, I still, I remember being in a mall in North Carolina with George Surratt laughing at this kid who was like, doing a bunch of like air guitaring but then running <laughs> underneath like this cardboard cutout of like a woman who was standing out she was standing outside of like a pretzel store an ice cream store or something where it's mm-hmm. like a you know like a, a a hot lady cardboard cutout and this kid was like air guitaring and then running up underneath it and like grabbing it inappropriately and we're both <laughs> sitting there laughing and just like that kid is a budding pervert, you know? <laughs> and we can say that to each other, but, like, if you were actually responsible for that child, you might have that thought cross your head and in a forum like this where it's all about sort of exploration of what could be. You're afforded the luxury of, like, pushing that into the conversational space. So, anyway, um, that was the, the that was the dog bark at, six, at 16 minutes. So, um we should wrap up the wrap up our conversation. Is there is there? Uh, so I want to, but the dog bark should not dictate the end of good conversation. Okay. It just is a signal to close up. So what? Uh, do you have any like final? Um, I yeah, I guess um, we talked about this a lot already. But the fact that we were on the same level, if it had stayed with like shitty kid and guy yelling at them, I think it would have been harder for me to have uh, left the pool, and it probably would have been more of a game scene instead of affecting each other. And uh, the fact that we did that, and then I started to feel for you and feel sad for you, <laughs> came out of the pool. And I think from then on, those characters probably have a relationship and, you know, drinking while 
yeah. while you're in the sleeping bag. Yeah. Yeah. Watching an R-rated movie with it with the, your, you with microwave popcorn on the couch <laughs> right. and me uh, in a sleeping bag underneath that only goes up to my waist yeah. drinking bourbon. Yeah, every, everything you offered me was like nothing a kid. No, it would never work with a kid at all. Like popcorn grain. Yeah, well, I like the idea of, you like this, Luke? This is Schwarzenegger's Commando. Yeah. It's a classic. <laughs> I think it's a great, uh, great uh, example of. Um, oh, you think the babysitter ha- should have the status, and it's like, oh, doesn't the start, and then they find it. And yeah, yeah. Have, you know, everyone gets what they want at the end, sort of. <laughs> yeah, and and I guess that's the that's what will be my sort of appendix to that because I do think you say something really important there is that by permitting us to affect each other, we make we make really uh, like compelling discoveries. Discoveries that are interesting that inform us about the person that we're playing with and inform us about ourselves, and make us want to keep playing the scene. Yeah. So, all right, awesome. Thanks, John. Thanks so much. Man.